Hi, I'm Sade. And I am Christian. And this is episode 48 of Shades of Brown. And this week it's it's gonna be uh what shall we call it? Uh, uh it's gonna it's gonna be the YouTube week because so um I I have been I think I've been telling you I've been wanting to do an episode on YouTube for like almost like six months now. Like we've consistently just had like a YouTube talk topic just kind of like perpetually in our show notes that always gets removed. But enough enough has happened that I think it warrants its own episode on, on its own. So um we, we gotta set the stage here. So we have to go back to last year. Uh YouTube has always had a kind of a strange culture, right? Like it really doesn't start last year because PewDiePie was had already gone through all of his troubles before this outline piece came out. Like PewDiePie had already been exposed for that thing. Um during Gamergate, you know, we had all of those YouTubers who were Patreon funded that would just do hour long takedowns of women online, which uh yeah. is a little strange. But this is this is going to be from from a, a little bit of a simpler time when when Nazis weren't that apparent. Um, in March of last year, the outline published a piece called "YouTube Has a Fake Peppa Pig Problem," and a, what the piece is talking about is how um, in YouTube Kids, which is supposed to be a version of YouTube that specifically filters out um videos with any sort of adult content and you know shows things that would be appropriate for a younger audience. Yeah. What folks were doing is that they were making these fake versions of um kids cartoons and sort of just making them horrifying and like really disturbing and and very uh I I don't want to say it's like it's fucked up, right? Like th- it's just like some sort of warped humor um which sure like for for an adult audience might be kind of funny in some sense but uh it's it's more creepy than anything else and it was um and essentially what they're doing they're making these sort of low budget really bad videos and trying to game it for ad money right like these these are sort of like content farm accounts that would just make nothing but these but these videos right these are uh these are these are content farms that have not like that have a sufficient understanding of how YouTube's uh search works and how uh the algorithm places certain things and how you mentioned about YouTube kids, right? Like how do you get in there? Like how do you get those videos into YouTube kids? Uh and they have figured that out. They've figured the tags, they've figured the titles, they've figured the even the length of the videos uh tuned specifically. Uh, to get the most ad revenue possible, right? This is this is all like I wouldn't say it's a science because these are all like people are all this, these are guesses, but these are like guesses that are very good. Like they have perfected it uh, at, at sort of like this machine, almost machine like like it's, that's the creepy thing. It feels like it's all probably is generated by some humans uh, because some humans probably have to do the. Uh, processing at some point but it is probably mostly machine generated which 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 when you think about it uh is is, is a creepy creepy way to see media in 20 in current year i guess but there's a lot of farm there's a lot of websites like that right that already game google and the such like this has been a, an existing problem for a while this is why i think it was around the time of the panda update for google has such odd search um algorithm ranking changes names but i think panda was the one that was geared more towards um trying to derank this kind of content because it's just you're just playing for adsense money and just trying to get the most amount of 
money from doing nothing. Although, although this also ties into YouTube's culture, right? Because where do these kinds of videos come from? They come from like those, you remember those really weird YouTube poop videos from way back when? I I actually don't, but please enlighten me. Well, you've never a... you've never seen a YouTube poop video? No, no, I so have not. So take like an episode of Naruto, right? And then you just chop and screw it and just throw random sound effects and like horns and shit and just like random dub overs to try and make it funny. Oh, okay. So that's, yeah, okay. Or like a five minute clip of like an episode of like SpongeBob where like SpongeBob saying, are you feeling it, Mr. Krabs? It just slowed down <laughs> by 50,000 times, right? <laughs> so like it, it doesn't make any sense. So you have like that. I feel like it's sort of that culture of making just extremely absurdish shit and sort of the popularity that folks like Filthy Frank um, brought up for, for making content that pushes the envelope in terms of what we deem acceptable. And, and, and when you have an environment, when you have that umbrella being cast over everything, it's easy to make these kinds of videos. And in the context of YouTube, like... The fact that this kind of of a green Peppa Pig video where Peppa's like getting shot up with some needle, like the fact that that exists doesn't actually surprise me as much. No, no, it's it's not surprising. The, what's surprising here, I think, is the sort of almost uh, sort of cold machine like precision with which these videos are made. Like it feels like very artificial. Like I think at a certain point. Uh, I, I like as you mentioned the early YouTube days when people would do all kinds of weird shit. I, like at least those videos, I feel like people were just you know having fun, uh, doing weird shit just for the hell of it, trying to you know see what would what would be popular on the platform. But this, I feel like, is just like it's just it's just cr- calculated greed, right? It's just it's trying to make money. Uh, it's, it's a different kind of vibe from it, I think, than what it was back in the early YouTube days. And so, and so, right, yeah. like once all of this came out, um, the New York Times essentially rewrote the outlines piece about crediting them, which is like real shitty. Or it might have been the Washington, I think it's the New York Times or the Washington Post, some uh, big house, the New York media outlet. And YouTube decided, all right, all right, this is bad. Tide, they're not, fuck Tide yet. No, Procter and Gamble, <laughs> the parent company of Tide. Don't eat Tide Pods. Oh, God. <laughs> the no. parent company of, of Tide, like the, this big U.S. conglomerate, decided to start pulling back on advertisements. And YouTube, of course, got scared because it, having like, you know, um, people who actually partake in small amounts on the uh, AdSense marketplace or whatever it's called, AdWords, I think it's what it's called when you are trying to get ads out there. That doesn't mean much. When you have like one of the biggest U.S. companies start pulling out from it, YouTube gets scared. So they started making changes on how they're going to um, monetize videos. And they took a really conservative view on what should be uh, monetized. And so they did one broad swoop and started demonetizing videos. Um, this has been a problem for the past co- a year or so. People have been just getting demonetized left and right. Um, and it's more or less happens to be LGBTQ um, creators, even vloggers about tech. This one dude I follow named Sam Sheffer who just like talks about cars and computers has had a bunch of his videos demonetized that are not really a thing. Um, gameplay videos especially have been getting demonetized left and right. Uh, Jim Sterling, of course, has always had a fun time at that. 
but other creators that follow like uh mr fruit a uh hashtag gaming lifestyle youtuber has seen his videos be demonetized yeah there is no sense like it almost doesn't make sense like what videos would be demonetized and what wouldn't uh like like uh it's like it, the thing is that they say that it's for like offensive content right like, like but what does offensive content actually mean uh and when you when you start demonetizing uh videos about uh lgbt topics that are not uh that are not sexual and they're just talking about lgbt topics uh and you start demonetizing those like what what is the message there like is that like just like that's that's a bad look that's that's a terrible look. We should also say, in in fairness to YouTube, they were demonetizing Nazis as well, right? With this change, they were demonetizing uh, conservative accounts, um, conservative uh, conservative, I can say that word, um, talk shows, all that sort of stuff. Those were also getting demonetized. Religious groups are getting demonetized. They were essentially just demonetizing everyone, right? So that happened. All right. And, and you know, we've been living in that environment for a couple of months. And then we have a um, the brother of ex-Disney star and current rap person, rap man, who for some no. reason managed to get a Gucci Mane feature, uh, Jake Paul. Jake Paul's brother, Logan, Logan Paul, Logan fuck-ass Paul, as we like to refer to him. Yeah, we're not we're not calling him a rap man. That's that's d- doing the discredit to the entire <laughs> fucking genre. Uh, so that's not. Is happening. he a party rapper? Is he like? Is he? No, is he no, like? No, he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't get any. Like, like, uh, like, like. Honestly, like, no. Just, he is. Just, he is a human content farm. Okay. Yeah. That's that. That's pretty much yeah, it. There you go. Like he's 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 just like he is the uh, embodiment of algorithmically generated content. Yeah, and like I thought that was really hard to top in hip hop because we had G Easy, you know, who's like <laughs> just even like that. Like that was my gold standard for you know, like you know, if I just looked at trends and hashtag yeah. brands and slicked it back in oil and put it in a in a, in a logic plugin, you know, that would be G Easy. But you know, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. I'm not gonna comment on G Easy too much because I haven't actually really heard any of his. Uh, Your life is music. better for that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, um, so, anyways, um, Logan, Logan, fuck ass, Paul decided <laughs> to upload a video of him being in Japan and him going to a um, forest on the on the cliff sides of Mount Fuji, which is known for uh, folks like committing suicide. Right? It's called. It's dubbed the suicide forest. He went over there. Like I'm sure folks listening have heard this news. Recorded someone who had recently killed themselves and monetized the video and just sort of made a whole spectacle of this and did not treat it with the respect it deserves at all because um it's been said everywhere i'm still going to say it again you don't record dead bodies like that's that's not a thing you do i know it's also that uh you recorded uh somebody somebody killing themselves and also were laughing about it and you posted on youtube and monetized it like it was like like at no point in that entire chain of actions that's like the did the person stop to think that this was maybe not you know like no moral compass there like I feel like how do you even get to the point where you're not even thinking about the content that you're actually posting right like this like this is an actual person uh that died 
Well, I mean, this is this is like peak white privilege, right? Like being being free to be exempt from this from <laughs> that that like being detached from that much of your own consciousness is just like <laughs> peak white privilege. But um so yeah, that happened. There's a whole mess. He's been dragged into the ground. Uh thankfully and gladfully, you know, YouTube took way too long to respond to this, but they did respond to it and ended up pulling um his YouTube red show. And YouTube has decided to um completely overhaul their YouTube partner program, the yeah, YPP. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so what they're going to do now is that your channel must have ten thousand lifetime views. Um you must have four thousand hours of watch time within a year and more than a thousand subscribers. And YouTube has said that this is going to cut out almost ninety-nine per uh this will cut out a huge amount of their um of their current partner program but 99 percent of those accounts earned less than a hundred dollars within the last month and on average earned about two dollars and fifty cents per day so they weren't the big youtube accounts they weren't any of the big youtubers and the internet has been in a flurry over this because of how much people try to make being a youtuber a career yeah and also uh, obviously, uh, people who depend on YouTube for their livelihood or even they re- rely on its income for some reason or another, uh, it's never a good time when, when your income is suddenly very uncertain uh, and it's, it's, it's very like precarious uh, with, these, with these requirements that you may or may not meet. Like, that, like, like that's, that's, that's one hell of a, a thing. And they're going to be implementing this in what, in like February? 20th is going to be all these all these uh, rules are going to be in place uh they're they're going to allow like a 33 grace period that's that is like sudden uh uh it says on that day channels with fewer than 1000 subs or 4000 watch hours will no longer be able to earn money on youtube and i feel like sort of makes sense like uh, channels with those numbers are not going to be making that much money anyway uh uh as they mentioned uh but it's still sort of like it still feels bad because like it just feels like youtube is taking uh youtube is just stepping on the small small person right the small youtuber right it just feels feels like they're just bullying uh they're just being a bully at this point uh and and with the recent sort of controversies over the last year or so as we mentioned it's just continues to be a bad look for youtube so yeah it's I don't I know this I know this change is problematic but from from a platform perspective right from the perspective of people running a centralized platform that also has to be one of the largest um on the internet these rules aren't that wild and when you but it's 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 how they're being presented to us, I think, which is the problem, right? Like, for example, YouTube, uh it we made a joke about Tide Pods earlier. Like, don't, <laughs> don't eat Tide Pods. I'm going to say this one more time. They're not candy. It's that's a terrible yeah, no, meme. Don't please fuck please memes. Don't. Memes are over. 2018, burn all the yeah. memes. Um yeah. YouTube has swiftly responded to, you know, removing videos of people eating Tide Pods because convincing other people to eat Tide Pods, even if we're all saying, ha ha ha, you shouldn't eat Tide Pods, the more videos of our people doing it, the more likely to to do it because of 
people doing things in groups and blah, 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 blah. It's all, you know, that's great. But at the same time, YouTube wants to be like, oh, we can't remove Nazis, but YouTube can change their monetization rules, demonetize a whole bunch of videos, demonetize videos on every end of the political spectrum, remove people videos of people eating Tide Pods, but at the same time, allow hateful content on their site. Right. Like it's it's it, people it's the, the problem with YouTube here. Right. Is just that they have too much power and they're taking the typical libertarian um, Silicon Valley view of, you know, free speech over everything. As long as you're not eating Tide Pods or Tide Pods of free speech is Tide Pods are Tide Pods free speech. Oh, God, <laughs> this, this fucking meme. This 2018 is off to a bad start with these memes. Uh, but yeah, that YouTube is just in this position where I think this is the same problem when we were discussing Twitter, right? Like it's like the same sort of attitude. Like it's like this attitude that they want the free speech, uh, but they still want to moderate their platform, but not too much. But you know, like not ban the Nazis, but still make money off of it. It's just like this conflicting ideals, maybe a lack of a moral compass because it's it's a corporation. Who the fuck knows? Like, this is just, just hella confusing to me sometimes. But it's, uh, it's, there's too many moving parts here, right? Because, um, YouTube CEO was openly against that Demore memo from inside Google, right? But at the same time, she won't just outright ban Nazis on her platform. So it's, it's, it's only, I think it's only when it comes to, like, for better or worse, even if this is the internet, people are still people and you tend to care more about things when they're closer in front of you, right? Like you can be like on this part of YouTube that no one ever watches because there's like, I think a lifetime of video uploaded every day or like a couple billion hours, right? Like it's some huge number. So you, so when YouTube says they can't human, like they can't have human moderation for it. Like I don't actually question that for the partner program. It's a different thing because they know how many people are in the partner program, right? But like not being able to moderate everything that that makes sense to me but when but she she'll she'll publicly denounce james Damore, but then she won't take a stance about banning nazis she'll just defund gay creators and nazis at the same time right to 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 try and make it seem like her platform is neutral like there's that kind of dichotomy there which is problematic yeah it feels like often with Google things that the head doesn't know what the arm is doing and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, sometimes it often feels like, I, I feel like sometimes people are like, uh, don't associate YouTube with Google, but Google, YouTube is just essentially this whole monetization thing is backed off of AdSense. And that's, that's all this is really like, it's all AdSense in the back end. Uh, Google's policies for AdSense probably apply somewhat to YouTube. You know, like it's it's all related, it's all connected. Uh, so they can't piss off the people who are actually paying for YouTube. You know, the people who buy the ads, right? The people who buy the ad slots are the people paying for YouTube. So you can't piss them off too much. Uh, and YouTube so has that, tried, right? YouTube has tried to sort of spread that out. They have a sponsor button which is rolling out to accounts where you can. Um, Give, it's the same thing as uh, subscribing to a user on Twitch, where you just give them a certain amount of money each month. Um, they also have a they have YouTube Red, right? Where YouTube Red, the money's divvied up by a per- percentage of how much um, 
So, right, it's like if this user spent X amount of time on your channel, that amount of money is somehow there's a formula to sort of pull it out of the uh, $10 a month they pay for YouTube Red and you're directly paid that, which is usually more money than if you were just um, doing using AdSense, which is like, I don't think that's like a bad thing, right? It's just that YouTube Red only happens to be in America right now for reasons. <sighs> Fucking Google. Uh, like, like, honestly, like, why is YouTube Red not? Like I like I'm not sure what what the holdup is. Like I don't understand why it is not available. Like what is the issue? Uh, like honestly, like I would actually pay for YouTube Red because I watch YouTube a lot. Uh, I think it's I the prefer- music stuff, isn't it? Because YouTube oh, Red technically yes. yeah, yeah, is YouTube you're right, Music you're right, and Google right, yeah. Play Music all access. This is the sense the name YOLO. Mm, <laughs> Whatever yeah, they call yeah, it. You're, you're right. I forgot about Google Play Music for a second there. Uh, but yeah, it's. I think that, that the problem is that it comes with the music license, and I mean, they do have Google Play Music here in Canada, so I'm not sure. You know, like they could do YouTube Red here. I don't know. Uh, Google, like always, it's weird. Google launches products in Canada very late. Uh, it's very weird to me, but that's that's how it is apparently with Google. But yeah, Google, YouTube Red is a thing, uh, but they don't seem to care that much they just pulled like a bunch of shows from there uh as we mentioned they pulled i don't even remember his fucking name pewdiepie uh, uh, yeah pewdiepie logan paul jake fuck ass uh video <laughs> um they they pulled they pulled a couple other uh videos i think and it's like so okay so youtube has those things youtube is is trying to fix it youtube probably will never fix it because of kurt silicon valley culture but um I, I I think the conversation needs to move away from YouTube. Like YouTube has more power than probably Facebook does over people, right? Like in terms of sites that people spend the most amount of time on, that people willingly spend the most amount of time on, no one complains about YouTube and content-wise, right? Like no one ever says, oh, I'm on YouTube, but I don't like it. I'm just here because all my friends are, right? Like those kinds of arguments aren't said about YouTube. Creators complain about YouTube, but generally people using the YouTube app, YouTube on their TV, don't complain too much about it unless they um, they care about the meta discourse about the livelihood of their creators, which is less folks than I want to see. But, you know, some people just won't really care that much. So while there are there are sort of uh, nascent platforms, right? Like, um, I think, what's it called? PeerTube? It's that yeah. P2P, um, web P2P activity. It's very, it's very new. It's yeah, very early. It, very early stages, yeah. But it's promising. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's promising. I, I, as much as I want to say centralization is bad, you should probably roll your own thing. At this point, video hosting is the most expensive thing you can do online. Even with how cheap Amazon web services are, how cheap like uh, VPSs are, just a straight file transfer um, cost for hosting video online is ridiculous for most people doing it yeah it just uh it's 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 the problem is uh probably with video is like the files are so big like if, if your video becomes popular now now you're dealing with a lot of bandwidth uh to a lot of folks uh and that is not an easy problem to solve uh youtube has solved that only because they have the entire backing of of google's infrastructure uh and their content delivery networks uh, across the globe uh otherwise they wouldn't be able to distribute traffic like that but 
Yeah, like it's a video distribution is not an easy problem to solve on scale at the scale YouTube does, right? It's it's just not a thing. It's not possible. We don't have the uh, the cost run. Like the economics don't favor uh, that sort of thing here. But yeah, Christian, go on. What are we? What are you going to say? Well, yeah. So so um, I should say for people who don't know what PeerTube is or what P2P stands for, uh, PeerTube is using. Web P2P, which I believe is in most browsers. I do not know if Safari has it yet, but I, I think like that's... Wait, is Web P2P a JavaScript library or is that like actually built into the browser? Uh, I think PeerTube uses Web BitTorrent. Uh, yeah, it uses WebTorrent, uh, which is actually... I found the website, webtorrent.io. WebTorrent, that is... A, a streaming torrent client for Node.js on the web. Okay, so it's uh, it uses WebRTC for peer-to-peer transport. Okay, so it's uh, probably half working in Safari because Apple is not fully supporting um, progressive web apps yet, but that's that's getting better. So it's just so how it works. Instead of having one video being pulled from one big server, uh, you probably as so I, I imagine when if people start hosting web P2P or uh, PeerTube instances, rather, they'd probably be like, okay, I'm going to have this video sitting on one server, my VPS or whatever, right? And then it's just going to be like a regular torrent file going to um, whoever is receiving it. And then they send it back, right? Which will significantly lower the costs of bandwidth and file transfer. Right. Um, this is the concept behind BitTorrent, right? Like the concept behind BitTorrent is... Uh, you you have peers who have who have files. Who you have okay. So explaining BitTorrent for a bit here, like a high level overview. Uh, usually with BitTorrent, you have a tracker. Uh, not always. You don't have to have a tracker, but usually you have a tracker. Uh, you talk to the tracker. All of the peers, like you have a torrent file. You open the torrent file in your torrent client. Uh, the torrent client talks to the tracker. To, it asks the tracker, "Hey, who who has who has this?" particular file file hash or file hashes and the and the tracker responds hey these are the ips right these are the peers that you can connect to and have this percentage of the file um, and it like distributes files accordingly right like if it'll, it'll distribute percentage like uh like try to share the bandwidth across uh, peers right they're trying to like distribute the bandwidth usage across usage and there's various algorithms that BitTorrent uses uh, it's dependent on the client as well as you know like various protocol implementations but uh, it tries to be fair with sharing the bandwidth like if, if the torrent is very new right what happens usually is that say there's only one person that who actually has the entire file so which would happen at the uh, like beginning like a new torrent uh, what would happen is that uh, as soon as peers start joining, they all start downloading from that one one seeder. But if, this, if that one seeder is overwhelmed, what happens is the other peers that join start downloading from each other to so start trying to get all these small bits of files and try to slowly build up the, their percentage numbers and they all have the entire uh, content of the torrent. So that's that's like a very high level overview of you know how BitTorrent works. There's obviously more things like you know DHT and like uh, trackerless torrents and whatnot. But that's that's P2P. Uh, that's B2 BitTorrent. Uh, that's what PeerTube uses. It uses WebTorrent uh, in its backend uh, to talk with other clients. 
So it's super interesting. Early days, I'd imagine not anytime soon that that would be um, like a thing that we can use and easily deploy. But it's it's very interesting to me because this is probably the most scalable solution, I think, probably for streaming video like in a decentralized fashion because you're distributing the load uh, across servers, uh, across networks, and it's probably the best uh, solution for this. So uh, I'm hopeful about it. Yeah, and um, I think I think now, right, now that we're in this environment where Google has stated what their plan is for YouTube monetization, like there, there needs to be a conversation between people who actually make YouTube videos and people who like, you know, make things online, right? Because the whole reason that Logan Paul fuck ass was, you know, chasing this kind of content and making this kind of content is because YouTube rewards traffic. As much as Google wants to say that YouTube ad sets will work better for you if you have a stable um, revisiting sort of like a group of viewers who revisit your videos and watch all of your new ones, how the subscription box works, how the trending pages work in YouTube, how all of that works is essentially it rewards videos that have huge influxes of traffic. Those will always scale to the top. And so... YouTube is this environment where you want to chase traffic and not readers or not readers, not viewers, right? Or subscribers. Um, It's the same sort of problem with Facebook, right? Facebook recently announced that they're making changes to the news feed where they're going to de-rank news and and sort of uprank posts that made by people you actually know and people who are having conversations with each other. the only reason media outlets are freaking out about this is because they've been chasing traffic. You, what do you want? What, if you are a modern internet business and you run analytics, you run Chartbeat, you have Google Analytics, you have the whole thing. What do you care about? Referral traffic. You care about how many people are coming from Twitter, how many people are coming from Facebook, and how much time they spend on your website. That's why you have endless scrolling. That's why you have full screen ads. You have newsletters. You have those pop-up boxes that come when you open the web page. You have auto-playing videos because you want to increase time spent on page and you want to increase referral traffic. And the problem when you do that is that you are creating an environment where you're not encouraging folks to subscribe to you via RSS, directly follow your Twitter account. And you're not, and this is also on part of Twitter and Facebook because they, uh, they do not have chronological feeds, right? They You you benefit from reposting old content uh, by, and sort of flipping it to sort of game the algorithm there. Um, but likely you're not a big media outlet, right? And, th- and they're probably going to take a hit because they have been chasing um, subscribers or readers. Um, so like if you make things online, what you should, what you should want to do is, you know, have a smaller audience which is sustainable and consistent rather than having like what I want for this podcast that we're great is like I don't want one episode to blow up on hacker news and then only three people from the, all that referral traffic to you know watch listen to the next one like that doesn't really benefit also, me yeah fuck hacker news please fuck off if you ever listen to this so yeah, that, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, that too. Right? <laughs> like, you, I don't, I don't want huge influxes. <laughs> yeah, for there being fireballed doesn't actually, um, you know, really help you out that much. Not, not. I mean, uh, 
the thing is with with content boosting is it's it's, it's like yeah that boost of content is like boost of sorry referral traffic is is it's gonna be a boost like if you get posted on hacker news uh that's great but it's like does it get you the audience that you want is the audience gonna stay you know uh is the audience gonna like your content it's i mean these are the questions right that you should be asking yeah like i'm saying like if you have a platform share share people's work especially works of uh folks who are lesser known but if you are making a website a youtube page or anything like that right you it's it's about the mindset right because you can you with websites, it's more clear cut. You can make a website which only has content, right? Doesn't do any gross tracking or any sort of JavaScript trickiness to try and get you to stay on the page. Doesn't do endless scrolling, nothing like that. You can sort of design your page to do that. But when it comes to YouTube, you're you're working within such confines, you can't really do that. And it's it's your mindset of how you create content, right? Because if you're making something to chase traffic versus you're making something that's supposed to have a shelf life and stand upon its own, you're going to approach that in a different way, right? Um, if I wanted to cut this podcast episode into a way that would encourage traffic and not sort of repeat listening, or even though you don't really do it with podcasts, right? But like sort of people to subscribe to it, you would, I'd be on Instagram, I'd be on Twitter, I would be on Anchor. I would I'd primarily have the show on Anchor and I would be sharing snippets, right? You would do sound bites and then you'd be like, oh, if you want to listen more, come here. And then you would only do sound bites of like, I'd probably cut something me or you said to make it sound even more like this reality TV thing, right? You cut it to make it sound even more sort of preposterous than it actually is. And, and that's a different mindset from this where it's like, We'll make the show. We're going to put it out there. Uh, we'll post it once or twice, but really only folks who benefit from it are those who subscribe to the feeds because that's how that's how we want people to to view our to to like consume this content, right? We having random people listen to one episode and then never listen again doesn't really benefit me and Static, and especially because of how we have our sort of feed set up, right? What do we have? An email address, and you can contact us on Mastodon, right? The whole structure of this is that it, you we want engaged like consumers on in, on in like a consistent level, right? You don't want to make the one bit of clickbait and then have a million people watch it, and then the next thing you make, only ten people are paying attention. That doesn't benefit you, especially if you're trying to make a living, because traffic does not turn into Patreon subscribers. You do not get Patreons from from getting fireballed. You might get some, you might get one or two, but building a consistent audience and having them having always saying like, all right, the end of the show, right? Patreon, uh, by the way, here's the plug, patreon.com slash shows find statics is patreon.com slash static safe if you want to support either of us. Um like, like you you want you want the people who consistently listen to be like, okay, I like what they're making. I will I will support them on the service. And the more people you have do that, the better it is. And plus the conversations you can have back and forth with those um with with the people consuming your content, right? They're the more meaningful. I, I don't like I mean the question here is like what what are you optimizing for? Are you optimizing for those analytics? Uh like that's the thing. Like uh when you when you have analytics, you start optimizing for them. You start optimizing for those numbers. And I get I get it. some people depend on YouTube, uh, depend on podcasts, depend on various content they produce to make them money, right? Like that's that's their livelihood. And that's that that I can respect. Like I can understand at a certain level that people just just you know trying to uh 
it's it's the hustle, I guess. He's trying to make money. Uh, but at, at a certain point, you realize with that Logan Paul thing, you're like, what are you actually doing? Like, at what point have you lost your moral compass? Uh, so that's that's all I want people to think about uh, when they support their creator, uh, create, their favorite creators, or when they talk to creators about how they should uh, stop, you know, I don't know, move away from certain content providers or whatnot. Like, it's just like, try to think about why the creator is doing what they do and how to best support them. So that's, like, you can, if you can, can't tell, like I'm a bit tired, so I'm basically rambling at this point. <laughs> so it's like, it's, it's about respect though, right? It's about on both sides, but mostly on the creator side, right? Like if you're tracking your audience, if you are exploiting them for money, if you are exploiting their attention spans for views or to game some sort of algorithm to make yourself more money, you don't respect them. Like, like I, this, this is probably a hot take, but really shouldn't be. And I don't think it is, but like, it, it might come off spicy, right? But you, if you are tracking, if you have analytics on your website, you are disrespecting your users because you're, they're not consenting to that information being given to you, right? You're taking advantage of them. And like, we, I, I can't, I can't link to an article here that says, you know, oh, this is why you shouldn't do this because this is a more of, of just a general interaction rule, right? Because you know what? You, you can say, well, fuck you, Christian. I can do whatever I want. And yes, and you can be successful right now. But is that going to last, right? Like, uh, is that is that something that's going to pay off in the future? All this traffic you get right now, all this great traffic, what happens when the wall dries up, dries up and you turn into like, you know, Ja Rule or some like rapper from the mid 2000s? Jesus. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the platforms you depend on are, are not your friend. I think a lot of times I think YouTube is, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's not a, you gotta be, you gotta remember that you are at the mercy of YouTube and by extension, Google, uh, for, for that money, right? Like that's, they can at any time decide to demonetize you, uh, take down your videos, close your channel. Uh, they they can literally do anything, uh, and you're out, you're out of that money. So, just you know, just, yeah, just think about that for for a minute. Uh, I think that's. I think we're basically done. I don't think we have much else to say. Unless Christian, you want to say something else? Uh, no, I think that's that's all. Because I think at this point, I'm just going to devolve into yelling at people. You know, just telling them, just telling them, you know, to make it, it. Don't don't be Drake. Be Kendrick Lamar. Oh, you know, like, uh, okay, you know, you said, like, I wasn't going to say anything, but you said that, but, you know, go listen to those new Drake singles, because they're good. Uh, like, I, we can't discourse about this right now. It's time to go to bed. Yeah, it really is. Okay, but like, I, like, I, I don't care if you listen to Drake or not, but uh, if you like Drake, you, you might want to know there's just a couple of new singles out. You probably already know. Uh, so go check that out. Uh, and as always you can find us on i'm finding me on mastodon at static save at mastodon.zombocloud.com and christian you can find me on mastodon at choicefindatinstance.business we have an email link contact at twoshadesofbrown.com if you like the show and you're listening on the website um we have there's this thing called rss you can you can you can use that it's uh twoshadesofbrown.com slash rss if i'm correct 
right? Yeah. Um, or you, you could just go to the website. Yeah, there'll be a link there. Everywhere. And you know what you do? You you use that and you put it into a feed reader of your choice or a podcast app of your choice. And then you know what? You are supporting a non a, a non centralized content distribution model, and you should be proud of yourself. <laughs> yeah, I don't want that. Goodbye. Bye.